I just didn't make money. And so I was like, okay, I guess this is not going anywhere. So I guess I got to work. And I was under a lot of pressure from, cause I was living at home and my parents were like, what are you doing? Right. You know, yeah. like, and they were like, dude, what is this thing? Stop. From the culture that I come from, it's, it was also like, there's another element to it of like, what are you doing? You know, you're, you're shaming us, you know, this is bringing shame on our family. I'm just trying to be somebody. Hey everyone, it's me, Halise, endeavoring to persevere. As always, I am so excited to bring you the last episode of season one of the Trying to Be Somebody podcast. We have the lovely, amazing Tazneem here to talk about her creative career thus far. I really enjoy Tazneem's content because first and foremost, she is a comedian. Her content is so hilariously funny and it does this really great balancing act of talking about the difficulties of her culture, but also in a way that's very true to her and her unique life experience. So I'm not gonna get too far into it. I want y'all to enjoy this episode, but first things first, a quick word from our sponsor for this last episode, which is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 30,000 classes to explore your creativity or find your creativity if you feel like you lost it. I love teaching on the Skillshare platform. I have a few classes there. One of my favorite classes though is Tell a Story in a Minute or Less. In it, I show you a few different ways to tell an engaging story in 60 seconds. And it has been so fun to see all the ways that people have watched that class and then incorporated what they learned into their own online presence. And so if you're interested, the first 1,000 people to click the link in my description will get a one month free trial of Skillshare on me. Check it out and I hope you have fun. And with that, let's talk to Tazneem. So yeah. for those of y'all who don't know, I met Tazneem in London for YouTube's Creators for Change program. But I wanted to have you on. So generally what I try to do is like do research, figure out a topic, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But I don't know, man. I wanted to just talk to you about identity and how you, I guess, use that in your content creation. So maybe to start off, you can tell people what kind of content you make. Sure, yeah. Um, so when I first started, it was about identity. I think my my, my content is very identity-centered um, because that's kind of a, a theme in my life, like trying to uh, navigate identity because it's such a, unfortunately, sometimes even when I don't want it to be, it is something that's really just prevalent. Um, and totally so I relate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if you don't want it, like, I just want to exist, you right. know, but that's not the card that was dealt to me. So, um, you know, I started off doing comedy. I saw other people doing it. And so then I, I started doing like, you know, sketches and all that kind of stuff back when YouTube wasn't even a thing that people could make money or careers off of. Now everybody knows what YouTube was or is back in that time. People didn't even really understand what it was or you know meeting people on the internet and you know all that stuff was just not common back then so that's where it started and then I eventually just I just kept growing and I kind of matured naturally you know as a human being and so then my content kind of changed along with that and so um you know now my content is more about issues in society cultural nuanced conversations, social commentary, that kind of a thing. But, you know, still like to keep a little element of fun and comedy in it. So, yeah. yeah. What is your what is your writing process? 
because I know now you're like on TikTok too. You're like doing you're 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 spreading out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, my writing process. I'm tr- still trying to figure that out. Um, I wish it was the kind of thing that I could just lock myself in a room and just do it. But I mean, I tried to do that a couple weekends ago where I was like, this is the weekend I'm dedicating to writing four scripts or whatever I put on my mind so that I'm not freaking out like two weeks down the line because I don't have content prepared or ready to record. And it just doesn't work like that for me. I write based on like have, I take notes all the time, just like random thought. I'll be in bed just, oh, okay. And then I just like type something in my notes app and I just, kind of take those together I use Microsoft OneNote and I just have different like I have like a page that says like ideas and then a page that says outline and so when I finally have enough ideas and have a good enough idea of what I want to talk about that's when it starts to turn into a script so I just create an outline and then and then go from there but the writing process is really messy for me if I'm being honest it's like I wish I had more control over it but I feel like I don't oh yeah but you also have a nine-to-five yeah. salary pay the job job yes yes I do and um this was one of those weeks that I had with my job that I was just like I can't do this anymore but I feel like I've been doing this for so long now with the YouTube stuff that I am I haven't seen it turn into money you know mm. like the money that I make from this has been I just invest it back into the channel yeah. you know and it's not something for me, like it's not something I could live off of. And now I'm in a position, I'm married, I've moved out of, you know, I was living in my parents' home and um, I, I don't really have the option to just kind of, I think right now in my life, take that risk. Um, and I haven't seen it produce any results for me. So I'm also just like, I don't see how this will ever happen not yeah. to be negative but you know um I mean I see someone like you doing it and that's awesome and you know it's definitely inspiring but I think I have fear because because I feel like I tried it before and it didn't it didn't work out and so really? yeah can you talk do you mind talking a little bit about that sure um so I think I've done it two or three times but maybe I haven't done it long enough what so okay. I, I, I graduated I got my degree yeah. I worked for a year um, in a corporate job uh-huh. in IT, IT audit specifically, Ooh. which is very boring, but <laughs> you know, whatever, <laughs> that's another story. But, um, around that time I would write a lot. I would, that's when my channel kind of started in the first phase started to take off back in those days. That's when things started to kind of happen for me. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this YouTube thing. And then I think I was unemployed for about a year and a half and honestly, no money. There was no money. Yeah. Like maybe my YouTube videos would make like $10. Like I really didn't make any money. Whoa. Um, This is probably back in 2014. And AdSense is a thing. Yeah. AdSense is a thing. Yeah. And you're not, you weren't small. I grew from like 10,000 to like 20,000. Yeah. But maybe at that time they weren't paying that much. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think part of it was also maybe my content was not advertiser friendly because it was very related to like being Muslim Mm. and all that stuff. Um, Maybe it's different now because I think there were, I think there was a period of like a revolution, you know, when it came to AdSense. And um, yeah, at that time I I just didn't make money. And so I was like, okay, I guess this is not going anywhere. So I guess I got to work. And I was under a lot of pressure from, because I was living at home and my parents were like, what are you doing? Right. You know, like, and they were like, dude, what is this thing? Stop 
like doing this you yeah. know and from the culture that i come from it's it was also like there's another element to it of like what are you doing you know you're <laughs> you're shaming us you know <laughs> this is bringing shame on our family um so i don't know it was just it was just rough and then i think I eventually um, started working and then going back to the corporate thing. And I went in a different direction. I started working in HR. And then I think around nine months, I was into a contract for nine months and I hated that job so much. And that's when I, I found out I got the Creators for Change thing. And I was going in June to go to the actual, what was it, like a not a training. But it was when we were basically starting to work on our projects and yeah. meet each other. Um, and we had actually been selected. Um and uh so that was like you know what I think two I think that's when I gave my two weeks notice I was like I'm done doing this I can't do this and I was like look money is coming so so then I I tried that and honestly I didn't really give it that long of a shot I think I gave my two weeks notice in June and then I interviewed again for another job in November so maybe I didn't try long enough in my mind I feel like I did you know but I don't know. I, I feel like now that I'm 30, I'm married. I'm scared to do that ever again because I even now, even with my AdSense now, yeah. I'm not making money that we could live off of. One thing with the AdSense is like, I don't think any big, even like medium, I don't even know, nano to medium to medium large, even to large. I don't think any of them make a full living off mm-hmm. of AdSense alone. You just can't. Yeah. Unless you're maybe a finance channel mm-hmm. or a workout channel. You're right. You're right. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I looked up the CPM rates for those kind of things and I was like, you know what? This is really unfair that like <laughs> these people get more money. It's like content creation. If you make videos about content creation, you make that a lot of too, money. Yeah. The yeah. people that are like creators for creators yep. or whatever. Yeah. It's like. And, oh, man, the money that, like, fitness people bring in is, mm-hmm. like, stupid. Because you come back to watch the same fitness workout yeah. video. And you watch most of it because it's, like, a 30-minute thing and you need to finish the right. workout. <laughs> so I'm just like, dang. Yeah. I miss the work from, like workout from home fitness vibe. If I was into it, yeah. that is what I would have done. Yeah. But I understand what you mean because it's, like, I don't know. Like, as someone who is also married and did the whole thing of going out on their own and having to essentially in so few words not that my husband tells me what to do but obviously it's like you do something and it's not just your life at stake if it doesn't work out you know Mm. you have to bring your partner along for the ride and you know hope that they're (laughs) granting you some grace along the way yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I can I mean because yeah and y'all just got married two years ago yeah and so it's like y'all are still learning about each other Mm -hmm. figuring each other out Right. take that kind of risk so early on in the relationship yeah yeah i'd be scared for you too yeah <laughs> something i'm always curious about because i remember the last time we talked i asked you like well do you ever want youtube to be the thing you do and like that's how you make your full living you don't have a corporate side you know, main job of how yeah. you make a living and you had said no okay then i don't even remember but yeah 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 i remember talking about it but i don't remember my answer yeah yeah you said you were like "Mm, no i think i always want a corporate job i don't ever want youtube to be the thing i'm doing full-time yeah is that still the case hey everyone i hope you're enjoying the conversation with tasneem a few quick messages 
y'all know the drill. If you're new here, make sure to like the video, subscribe, and also comment down below, engage with this video. That really helps with accessibility and getting more people to see this awesome podcast. The second thing you can do, wherever you're listening, rate us there. Five stars is preferred, but obviously I love constructive criticism just as much as the next person. Let me know where we can improve. Finally, if you want to take things a step further, consider joining the Patreon, patreon.com slash Halise. There you get early access to these episodes as well as private weekly vlogs and everything else I've got going on with my production company as well. It's a good time. Big shout out to our Patreon producers. They keep us going. And with that, let's talk to Tazneem some more. Okay, I do not want a corporate job for the rest of my life. Like, 100% no. Okay. Um, I think I have a lot of fear when it comes to this kind of work. Um, I would ideally like to not have to fight for every amount of money that's coming through. I don't feel like I'm a businesswoman. And I, f- I think we were talking about this before, but I feel like the way YouTube is now is you have to be savvy in both yeah you have to be a creative person and you have to be a business person but i i don't know that i have what it takes or really care to be an entrepreneur and i think it's because i i saw it firsthand i grew up in an environment where there was an entrepreneurial spirit and it was i saw the ups and downs of it and i i think i'm scared of the instability of that that kind of life and when i do my creative work i i feel like it's a separate thing yeah and it's a separate category and i feel like that allows me to express myself freely i want to be part of someone else's maybe vision oh. and, and do their and help them with their work whether that's like being the talent or whatever it is yeah i would i could see that happening okay but i don't want to be in charge do you see what i mean <laughs> yeah, like, no, totally yeah yeah i definitely understand I don't know if you saw a previous episode with me and Evelyn, but... I did. I watched... I, I listened to the whole thing. I went for a walk and I listened to it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, we often think about like just not existing on the internet anymore, yeah. like literally the next day. Mm-hmm. So I am in full support. Yeah. But so you say you would want to be a create. You want to be a creative, but not a person in charge. Yes. Yeah. In what way? Like expand. I want to try to understand this, maybe manifest some things. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you, what is your ideal dream situation of how you're making a living from your creative work? Okay. You know, like what do you, what's your day look like? So I would like to have some control over my morning. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would like to talk to people during the day, phone calls, whatever about creative work you know, whatever, whatever the project is. Um, I think I would like to work on a project by project basis. I like change. Okay. So I don't like doing the same job for like four years in a row. It drives me nuts, you yeah. know? Um, so I, I, I like that, but then it comes back to the entrepreneurial thing. Like you also have to be flexible. Yeah. Um, you know, just, just being part of other people's work, someone telling me, okay, do this and produce this result and, you know, come back to me and, so I guess something creative, but something a little bit more structured. <laughs> I feel like this is the first step to trying to figure out like what an ideal path is for you. Yeah. Because something I started experiment or experiencing, and I think this is something that maybe happens when you hit your late 20s and going into your 30s. Like mm-hmm. I'm 31. Yeah. And I feel like around 28-ish, I was like, I don't like other people telling me what to do anymore. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. what am I going to do now? Right. And it 
like the reason Stumblewell started wasn't necessarily because I wanted to run my own production company. I just didn't want other people telling me okay. what to do. I felt like I used to be very much someone who was like, I want to be defined by my artistic endeavors. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I feel like I'm at a point in my career where I'm just like, I just want control of my life. Okay. And I have, for me, the way I have control of my life is by being on YouTube and creating content and so yeah. on and so forth. I don't know if I'm necessarily like, it's just like there's people that just like define themselves by what they do. Okay. No. This go farm thing could happen. If I get enough money, this go farm <laughs> thing could happen I'm, and I'm out. Yeah. I'm out, y'all. You know? Yeah. And then I'm still in charge of my life. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I just feel like if you're, I feel like it's less about, yeah, trying to figure out exactly what you do, but more like what do you want out of what you do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, so I was curious. Yeah, I think uh, the the bottom line is like maybe I do want to be a YouTuber. Maybe I do want to just create content. I think uh, what's getting me tired is I just want help. I don't want to run a business alone. I don't want to run a channel alone. I don't want to do things. I, I, I can do it for a certain period of time, but I mm-hmm. think there's going to be a, portion, a, a point in time where it's either I'm participating in other people's projects and helping them bring their dreams to life or I am starting something with somebody who has the same vision. No, I think that's amazing. I feel like there's so many people or content creators I see now who, yeah, start a channel with a friend. Yeah. And now they've been doing that together for like six years and then you kind of see them slowly break it apart because they get in a fight or something. (laughs) Like, oh no. Yeah. Um, But overall, the people that I have seen that have partnered with somebody, Mm -hmm. it seems like it has been really beneficial yeah i mean who would you partner with i don't know it's just like a a figureless uh just a blob that i haven't it's not clear to me yet you know but i think even just doing something like sitting on a couch talking to somebody doing social commentary um doing comedic commentary and having a channel that would be really cool that would be my i would love to do that every day you know (laughs) like i would love to do that um so i think Lately, I've been thinking a lot more about what what is it that I want to do? You know, what is the thing that makes me excited? Um, and I think uh, comedy is there. That's a, an essential piece. And I was trying to get away from that. But I think that is that is an essential piece. Why are we trying to get away from it? You're so funny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're like really funny. Thanks. Girl. Like a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I just I, I felt like uh, I overanalyzed things and I think way too much. But I think I I got into a period where I thought, oh, I'm I'm old now. I'm mature. That's immature. Like that's <laughs> like I just felt like uh, comedy is like meh. Like who respects comedians? Like that's how I felt. I know. I know. <laughs> But then I think recently I've been getting to a point where I'm like, who cares what people respect? Like, when I look back at my childhood, this is what I was doing. I was using my parents' camera more than they did. You know, they bought the little VHS. And I was getting people to line up and, you know, do things and making silly videos. Like, since the age of, I don't even know, you know? And so I've been, like, reflecting on that a lot. And I'm like, I think that's the answer. I think that's where my heart really lies and I need to stop running away from that. So I know you told me about your sister yeah, who was helping you out a lot before you, when you were in Colorado, before you came down here. Yeah. I mean, you know where she at right now. I know. You know what I'm saying? What's she doing? <laughs> okay. So my sister was my right hand woman. She was like, I mean, she still is like, yeah. I still in whatever capacity I can have her help me. I do. 
but I feel like, and this is the same with my friends because I used to, you know, do stuff with my friends as well. And that was part of the magic of all of it um, and why it was so funny. But you have to respect that like other people have lives and other people have their own goals and things that they want to do. So with my friends, like, you know, naturally, like, you know, they got married, they have children. They're not going to spend like a whole Saturday with me, you know, recording something like anymore. The way that the way that things used to be, yeah. it was like we used to spend that much time together. Okay. Now it's more like let's let's schedule a dinner. Let's schedule, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Life is just different. And so same with my sister. If she wants to be part of these things, I have no problem, you know, with her being my partner. But I feel like she's she, you know, she's one of those who's like really into school. She has a lot going on. Um, and so whatever help I can get from her, I do. But it might it might happen in the future. Who knows? You know? Okay. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. Again, I'm just like brainstorming at this point. Yeah. Like, how does, how do we get Tasneem to where she wants to be? <laughs> I think, I think I've, you know, I, and I, you, you might feel this way as a creative. I feel like we all have our days where it's just, you have your days where you're full of energy and you really believe in yourself. And yeah. you're like, whatever's written for me is going to happen. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. And I have those days, you know, where I really do feel like, on top of the world yeah. i'm like i'm i am a i'm a shining light and i'm gonna share my light with the world you know and then and then i have days where i'm just like this is never gonna happen i am stuck here and stop telling yourself that you're this like you know in the negative talk yeah and so i think that i think that's just natural to like be on the journey of seeing where it goes i guess okay well then now that we've sort of abstractly figured out what you want where do you see yourself ideally a year from now i would like to see my channel grow Ooh. i would like to see a little bit more excitement from myself about the kind of content i'm making yeah i just i want to grow the channel i think that's the biggest thing i really really want to want to grow the channel so a year from now i would like at least be at 100k and you know yeah, that's what I that's what that's what I want. And maybe maybe we got some TikTok momentum as well. But yeah, that's that's where I'd like to be in a year. Have you thought about like starting a Patreon or anything? I've thought about it. Um what, what holds you back? Cuz I feel like what you do lends itself very well to Patreon. Really? Okay. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot on my plate and I'm like so I have to add more content. No, for people? Patreon is a place for the people that really enjoy your content and see value in your content okay. to support your content, especially for like BIPOC artists specifically. Mm -hmm. And so you put as much or as little work into it mm -hmm. as you feel you can okay. as an artist. Okay. So I could see that for someone like you who has a full-time job, has a lot on their plate, but wants to create more content mm -hmm. and wants to maybe transition into doing it full time. Uh -huh. Like, I feel like you could just tell people like early access to videos. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like you're already going to make the content anyway. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, yeah. for who's in it, they're in it. And like, okay. that's it. Some people do come for the perks. Like so many people have reasons to join. Yeah. But I feel like most people are there because they really do value the work you do mm -hmm. and they want to show that support in some sort of monetary way uh, no that's definitely something to consider you know you're not the first person who told has told me that i think 
I think I just operate very, um, I'm a very fear-based, or what is it? What is it called? Risk-averse. Risk-averse person. person. I don't like also, I'm, I, I don't have commitment issues, like in terms of relationships. Yeah. I'm very loyal. I'm, you know, once I'm in it, I'm not scared of being in something. Virgo. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to committing to anything related to sponsorships, like I've gotten to a point where I'm like, no, no, no more. It's too much stress for me. But, um, you know, I, I always thought of Patreon as like, oh, I have to do more work. I'm barely getting the work done that I, you know, want to get done. So I'm like, I don't know how I'd offer something on top of that. But yeah, definitely something I'll look into. I really appreciate that these sort of, I don't even know what you would call them, longer form crowdfunding mm -hmm. platforms exist as a way for artists to do what they do. It's also just really scary, though, to have, like, people always, like, talk about how the art is intangible. is It has, like... Uh, the value is limitless and like all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it's also like, mm, if you're on, if you're creating content, you're kind of only worth what the sponsor will give you. Right. <laughs> you know, right. there's this whole like double-edged sword balancing act to yeah. it all. Yep. And so I feel like Patreon for me has mm -hmm. been a place to at least like, well, at least I can always know that these people are interested in what I'm making. So sometimes there have been months, like to your point, there are, sometimes there have been months where it's just like, the Patreon provided a lot of accountability for me internally mm -hmm. of like the, I told these people who are appreciating my work that I would make this video. And so for them power through, yeah. you know, and yeah. just go for it because of that. Yeah. Especially when I've been like depressed. Yeah. The Patreon has helped. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. I think I, I probably was like, um, I'd be surprised if people did. I, what? you know, Girl. yeah. I know I'm, I'm just I think I have so many limiting beliefs that I, I just have to get over those things. I feel like you're in a very interesting place right now. Mm -hmm. Have you had these types of ups and down feelings before? Yeah. So I've been doing this for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's just been such a long journey of ups and downs. And I just go through phases and it's fine. I think that's, you know, part of the process and it's fine. Okay. I'm fine with the phases. I'm fine with the phases because I feel like the phases are what pushes you pushes you forward you know um the more you hate your job the more you're like all right it's time to quit and do something else you know if you love it you're never gonna move forward if if you love where you are with your channel you're never gonna try and do better you know so we're never satisfied it's fine you just gotta keep oh, moving forward that's true we are never satisfied. That's very true. You're right. Yeah. I, I always enjoy talking to people that are a bit more, what is the what is the phrase? Glass half empty rather than glass half full. I have found that I am like overly positive, almost to a fault. Really? So when I hear people being like, I don't know, so yeah. I'm just like, no, we got to fix this. You got to be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I read something. What did I read? I always say I read something, but really it's just I watch a lot of TikToks. And so I have to, if I don't want to sound like, oh, I just saw a TikTok, I read something. <laughs> um, but I think I did see something about this. It was some sort of like marriage advice. And it was, you know, the person asks something about like, do you want me to just listen oh. or do you want solutions? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, and so it's like sometimes people just have to say whatever they're saying and then sometimes people are looking for an answer you know and um it's a mix of both because you know i don't i feel like i don't really get many opportunities to talk to people who are kind of doing the same thing so um it's nice to see where someone else's you know 
headspaces and to see someone who is positive about it because I think there are a lot of people who get beaten down by this this process because it's tough. It's tough to be a content creator. Yeah. Um. And so it's it's refreshing to to be you know with somebody who's uh, glass half full. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um. Because then that means that you know things are also working for you and and you're seeing you're seeing things work and so that's that's good. That's that gives other people hope. You know. Um. That things can work. So. I mean, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I don't help in this situation at all. If there was someone right now who walked up to you and said, Tasneem, I, too, mm-hmm. want to be a content creator, what advice would you give them? I would say you have to really know the why. You really have to know why. Because that will send you in the direction that you're going to go. If your reason is to make money or to build a business, how you create content looks very different. Mm -hmm. If you are interested in expressing yourself and hopefully, you know, figuring out that other piece of it, that sends you in a different direction. You know, Um, I was talking to my husband about it, how like if I really and this is, of course, hypothetical situations, if I really want to make money on YouTube. I could leverage something else. Mm -hmm. I could start a channel about things that I do in my day job which would be beneficial to people, would have a high CPM. Mm -hmm. Um, But that takes out everything that I like about YouTube, you know? Um, And it has nothing to do with me expressing myself, just giving people information. And that's not a bad thing. If If that's your goal, then that's fine. And you have to have a tough skin, not just for com comments. You have to be tough just in general, because it's not just about comments. It's about having enough stamina to get through this, this, um, thing that goes up and down so much, you know? Um, so once you figure out your why, you kind of know if you really want this or not, you know? Mm. So, yeah. yeah, that's how I feel about that. When you were younger, did you ever think you would be on YouTube? You know what I mean? I don't think so because it wasn't even a, it wasn't even yeah. a thing back then, but I think I always had a dream of doing what I'm doing almost. Like I have my own TV show, you know? Yeah. Like in some senses I do and I have an audience. And I think I probably always wanted that. That's probably why I used to pick up the camera and do that all the time. Um, so I think in some ways, yeah. But YouTube necessarily, I don't know, because I don't, it wasn't even close to what it is today. You oh, know? yeah. So do you still see YouTube as like a like small community platform or do you see it now more as a like a Netflix, like a streaming, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that the landscape has changed a lot. But I think if you create, going back to like the why, if if you create certain type of content, you can have a really strong community, mm. you know. And I think even your guys' show is proof of that, that, you know, you amassed a following who really cares about what you guys do to the point that they want to help you, you know, create a show. So you don't think yeah. you amassed a following that cares? No, I, I know. I know that I, okay. Okay. Being positive. I do think I did. Okay. I do think, I know that I, I know that I have done that. Okay. I think that community is 100% a part of like, I, I wouldn't exist without that. That's um, one of the things I love about it. Yeah. 100%. I know that I have a, a community of people. I've, I've, there are names that I've seen like who followed me for like 10 years yeah that i and i still see those names like my random posts and whatever you know and comment and stuff so 
I, I know that. That I know. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just need to say something positive. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. I got to work on it. No, it's good. It's good to be positive. I was going to ask you in the last year, what's a video that you're really proud of? One of my favorite videos is the 28 Brown and Unmarried video. I love that video. That has nothing to do with my current content. Like it's very different. Um, but out of the ones I made this past year, I think uh, one that I just released recently about the Desi inferiority complex, I think that was one that I liked. Um, wow. Talking about modest fashion. I kind of like these ones where I dig deeper into certain issue that people have kind of um it's like you can either be this or that and there's no real nuance in the mm -hmm. conversation and so i like to kind of dig deeper and I, I like those videos what's a video that you want to make in the next year i want to make a another version of the 28 brown and unmarried video but i want to make it after being married and like talking about so, so that video is very much catered to like all the things you go through culturally before you get married and how you're treated and how people look at you. And so I wanted to do one kind of now I've got married. So let me tell you about what happens during the wedding and right after kind of like a my big fat Greek wedding, too. You know, like that was part one. This is going to be part two. So and what would you what would you say would be the hardest thing about making that video? Like whether it be from a production side or like just any part of it. I think uh, the production of those kind of videos is a lot tougher because that's when you're dressing up as characters and you really have to have that written down a certain way. And it's the whole like making sure the camera's set up right, making mm -hmm. sure that the mic is on, you know, but your beard, your fake beard is still on. <laughs> like, you know, like just getting all those elements right. So it's it's definitely one that takes like a full 48 hours of my complete like time and energy to do. And full 48 of like, do you start? Or the, so, oh my gosh, right. So you start those videos like on a Saturday morning mm -hmm. and then you wrap it on a Sunday. And that doesn't include, does that include editing it or no? No. Yeah. No. So then you have to wait to figure out when you have time yep. to edit. Yeah. The editing itself will take like, depending on my workload, like with my job. Mm -hmm. um, now I get help from an editor, but oh cool. they, they edit, uh, he edits a the the first draft and yeah. then I just kind of do all the additional edits but it helps me so much because by the time I'm doing the second edits I'm so bored of hearing myself like I'm just like I can't even think straight I'm like if I have to watch this one more time I'm gonna just <laughs> bang my head against this monitor you know yeah and you're it kind of feels narcissistic like just listening to yourself talk over and over again I'm like oh, okay but um with with that one with the uh, 28 brown and unmarried I did I worked on it for two weeks, I think, editing it because I really wanted. I actually, I presented that live at a, um, it was like a university event. It was called Mil Middle Eastern Student Association oh, night okay. and I was hosting it. Yeah. And so I had to, I was supposed to like be the MC and do like a stand-up comedy. Part. And I was like, I've never done stand-up comedy. And when I started doing research, I was like a five minute set for a, for a comic who's new is like normal. Yeah. A 20 minute, that's like someone who's super experienced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, they want me to do 20 minutes of stand-up oh. comedy and I've never done it in my life. And so I th I was freaking out. And then I think like a couple weeks before the event, that's when I was like, hey, can I just, can I just do a YouTube video? Would that work? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. So I made this YouTube video for that. 
Wow. And then I, 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 what is it called? Screened. I screened it live. Yeah. And, um, that was a cool, that was a really cool experience. I love that. I love like, you know, doing something not on YouTube. Cause when you do it on YouTube, it's like, it goes into the void and then you're just, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool to bit. hear the like live reactions of everybody. And when it finished, like, dude, people are so hyped up. Like when I got back on stage, it was like the energy was totally different. And I love that feeling. But um, it's very rare that you get to do something like that as a YouTuber. Yeah. Um, did people laugh when you when you wanted them to? Like yeah. when you were editing and you were like, I want people to laugh yes. here. And they did. I think there was only one that got missed, but it was actually because people were so laughing so hard from the other from the other thing that they couldn't hear the next scene. But um, there was one joke in there that did really well and I was like that was the joke and when I edit those videos I feel like I this is why I've been saying that I want to get back more into that kind of stuff because mm -hmm. that's the stuff that I'm really excited about editing it gets me excited I'm mm. you know you're thinking about oh they're gonna laugh at this part right here you know so yeah. um I don't know if you ever feel this way about your content but there are some videos that are just they're just like yeah Ugh, it's a know? slog yeah for sure yeah it's like uh and then you have the videos that you are you are excited about that right. one, you know? Yeah. For this next iteration of that video, is there any cost associated with making your videos? Aside from time. Obviously, time is like the intangible and also finite thing mm -hmm. that we all, it's once it's gone, it's gone. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else that you like spend money on for your videos? Not anymore. I feel like I used to be in that mindset where I was like, okay, I got to get this, this, and this. For this video that I'm going to do, I need new wigs. I need new like okay, okay. wig um, budget. Wig yes, budget. I need <laughs> exactly. Cool. But cool. I have everything else. Been there. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I have everything else. Um, but yeah, I need new wigs. <laughs> Those are disgusting. They've been used for probably the past ten years. Like I remember the last time my friend put on that fake beard, she was like, "Steam, this is disgusting. You need to get a new beard." <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, okay. that's where the budget will go wigs i just now i'm at a place where i'm like what i just need to do things when the hard drive fills up that's when i need to buy a new one yeah when something breaks time to buy a new one but i'm no longer proactively looking for equipment i guess as we conclude do you have any final thoughts is there anything you would want people to know about you the internet sometimes can be a really harsh place where people come and they watch like two minutes of something and they think they understand everything about that person and um, you know, put people in categories. And this is the way the algorithms work. You know, mm -hmm. they, they're, they're designed this way for us to kind of be um, not human almost. Um, and it's like, just because you watch two minutes of a 20 minute video, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about. You know, like... <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for doing this with me. This has been really, really cool. I don't get many opportunities to do in-person stuff. All right, y'all. We have officially come to the conclusion of trying to be somebody season one of the podcast. This actually feels a little bittersweet because this is the last remnants of the projects that I was doing for the Adobe Creative Residency, which my residency just wrapped in June. So this was the last official project I was working on and it has been such a joy to interview these different artists and creatives and talk about their careers with you. I hope you have found something throughout this podcast process that has resonated with you, helped you along the way, given you some food for thought or inspiration, let me know in the comments below. Likewise, I'm going to sit back for a second and meditate on how I want the Trying to Be Somebody podcast to continue and 
who else I should maybe have on the podcast. So likewise, if you have any ideas of who you would like me to try to interview and get on this podcast to have conversations with, let me know in the comments down below. And with that, I'm Halise, endeavoring to persevere as always. Thank you so much for lending me your eyes or your ears and enjoying this podcast. I'll see you when I see you. I'm just trying to be somebody to make a way.